sound tech, sound engineer, aka Alona, almost loses her hearing every time we do that. Then I have to get my headphones, and it's just a blasting. Oh, that was really funny. Oh, I'm so sorry. That looked really painful. <laughs> I didn't know hearing, like, sound could be painful. Yeah, well, here we are. Here we are. Great Hi. song though, great song though. Hi, welcome back to welcome London back. to Brooklyn, season two, season episode two. seven. Number seven. I'm Elo. I know. It's not cute. <laughs> <laughs> and what's up? What are we talking about today? A lot of things. A lot of things. It's, we kind of have a like a love rom-com theme going on. We do. Why? I don't know. It was also Valentine's Day, but we're a bit too late, but eh. It's okay. We're we, not did a some, good... we did some fun light thing in February yeah. at some point. We are going to intersperse with some really dark stuff. True. So. True. Don't forget, this is our podcast. This is our podcast. Light and fluffy, not no. us. No. All right, so let's start us off um, with some drag race. Some drag race. Let's talk about the drag race. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate drag race. Um, episode, it was episode seven, seven last week. Bossy Rossi. After Dark. After Dark. That was fun. Yes. That was a fun episode. We're talking about U.S. here. Yeah. Even though I slightly think U.K. is superior right now with just yeah. the overtaking of U.K. Hun, Drag Race U.S. is such a, like, a, a cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're finally gaining some traction now that they're, you know, kicking off people yeah. finally. But this was a this was an improv challenge. Yep. So a lot of things went right and a lot of things went wrong. Mm-hmm. What were some standouts to you? Um, I think performance wise for me it was Rose. Absolutely. Um Simone. Absolutely. Um Olivia Lux. Sure. Um Denali was funny. I thought Denali she did was she did funny. better than her first acting challenge. Um, Gutmick was a pretty steady. Totally. Um, I think those are the ones that I like the most. I would pretty much agree. Um, I think the two strongest in the actual performances, or I guess three, because I think Olivia did an amazing mm-hmm. job as the mime, Simone did an incredible mm-hmm. job of Deborah, and then Rosé is just always on yeah, top of so. it for me. It was just like, it was, overall, like, I had a great time with this episode, it's just, just wanted Rosé to win. Wanted Rosé to win. I'm a or lo- Simone. Simone Sim- killed I- it. Her looks and her performance for me was like both like really, really, really good. So I'm shocked that she didn't take the. I challenge. think Simone should have won. I do not think Olivia should have because mm-hmm. yes, her character was hilarious, but that outfit didn't do it for me, sis. Yeah, didn't do it. And I think Simone with that beaded incredible look mm-hmm. and as funny as she was in the acting challenge like to me it was a sweet but i am not rupaul yeah shockingly yeah so i was pretty oh and like the big shock was like the lip sync and who went home so sad i was not expecting that it was very we lost a we lost a great one y'all we lost a great one la la we will miss you yeah i really wanted la to stay she's such a light and she's a great narrator too for the season yeah so it's gonna be really disappointing to not have her on. I was shocked. This I wasn't week. expecting of her going out so soon. Me neither. I mean, when it came to lip sync, I thought, well, maybe Elliot needs to go. Yeah. But once again, I'm not a judge. I'm not RuPaul. Yeah. So I will just be a loyal fan ish 
I will be a loyal fanish. Thanks, RuPaul. <laughs> but this was overall pretty steady, pretty good episode. Yeah. Um, Very in the groove of things. Yeah. Things are moving. Got to see a lot of great looks. Some not great looks. Yeah, letters. Tina Burner. Girl, Ooh. Tina! Tina! Ooh. I don't have the energy anymore for these looks. No. I can't. It's fine. I can't. She's rich and famous. I'm not. Yeah. So, <laughs> whatever. can do whatever she wants, but yeah. still. Well, still. Mm, yet to be convinced. Yet to be convinced. We will be, again, recapping RuPaul's Drag Race every week. Yes. So Until it's over. Stick with us, which at this point could be, like, late August. Yeah, like, we I don't, don't think know. The show's There's ever so ending. much. Um, but I'm excited for a Snatch Game. I, don't, I know it's not this week, but hopefully next week. I think so. The, I feel like they like to do with an even number. Mm-hmm. So that would make, that would be eight. Okay. So yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Let's bring, let's make it happen. That would be exciting. Yeah. For sure. Um, another one of our usual Friday night watches yes. is One Division. One Division. Ever heard of it? Um. So we're gonna try a little something different this yes. time to recap the episode. L, please explain. Yeah. So we're very cognizant that a lot of people are waiting till the entire series premieres to watch it. Which is a choice. Which is a choice. Like, I get it. The episodes are short. It's hard waiting week by week. So, we want to encourage people to watch, but we're not going to spoil. Or we're going to do our best not Mm -hmm. to spoil. So, we're going to recap this episode in three words. Mm -hmm. Each of us. Yeah. Shout out to Anne. Thanks for this. Great idea. Thank you. Great idea. Because we're getting into dangerous territory. Yeah, we are. So, this week's episode, The Halloween Spooktacular, mm-hmm. three words. You got them? Do you have yours? Yes. Uh, yeah, you as, go, and then I'll... As follows. Okay. They will be uh-huh. these words okay. out <laughs> my mouth. Do you really know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, like, I had to solidify. Um, I, discovery. Mm-hmm. Tricks. Mm-hmm. 90s. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Discovery, tricks, 90s. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Or actually 2000s, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, mine would have to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, stressful. There you have <laughs> it, folks. Watch the damn series. Yeah. Exciting, stressful, sad, tricks, Discovery and 90s slash 2000s. Yes. That's our recap of this episode. Thanks for coming. Thanks and for tuning in. Can I just say one more word? Sure. Kick ass. <laughs> there it is. There Kick ass. If you've seen the episode, you will know. If you know, you know. But it's also not a spoiler, so if you don't and haven't seen it yet, don't worry about it. We love One Division. It's so good. I can't wait for this episode. We Me only too. have like three left. I know, it's going to be great. So, we're getting, it's prime time. Let's go. Let's Let's figure this out. So, those were two pretty, like, lighthearted, well, lighthearted watches. Yeah. Um, Lighthearted for us, honestly. (laughs) What did we watch on Saturday? So, we have watched the incredible Judas and the Black Messiah, which is currently streaming on HBO Max until March 14th. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Shaka King, this stars Lakeith Stanfield, Daniel Kluwe, as two very important figures. Um, this story revolves around Fred Hampton and his rise in the Black Panther Party, 
and Lakeith Stanfield plays Bill O'Neill, who becomes an informant for the FBI as they try to take down what they deem is a dangerous organization. But in truth, they're just trying to get to Fred Hampton. And you watch this incredible, stark reality and destruction by the FBI in a very volatile time. It was very intense. It's very intense. It was hard to watch at times. Mm-hmm. But it was really it was really well made. It's incredibly well it's made. It's a really good film. Yes. If you're not familiar with the story of Fred Hampton, he was a very popular figure with the Black Panther Party. He joined in 1968 in the Chicago chapter and quickly rose through the ranks to become deputy chairman. So Black Panther Party, there's a lot of stigma around the Black Panther Party. People don't necessarily know what it is until they start to study it started in Oakland and then spread through major cities in the late 60s through the 70s until, you know, the FBI did everything in their power to destroy them. And it's not this terrorist militia organization. While, yes, strength was their backbone and they needed to protect themselves, you see that there was so much more and they were trying to create a revolution because while the Civil Rights Movement did so much, there was still so far to go. And just seeing this crushing reality was very harrowing at times and while the film is excellent i like you will leave with a heavy heart Mm -hmm. it's especially a reckoning for reckoning for white people because we don't know what's going we i mean we have to kind of come to terms with the history and it's not a pleasant one but overall a very well-made film yeah we both have to like sit in silence after and just like reflect very much reflect and think about it a lot it um it ends it's while a lot of this film is revolving around bill o'neill um played by the incredible lakeith stanfield huge fan of him Mm -hmm. so much of this is about fred hampton and when you realize how young he was it becomes so much worse and you see how the organizations that we grew up thinking were our protectors and our saviors were destroyers and racist through and through. But the performances were incredible. And I think a lot of the emotion that came from this film had to go to the performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone should watch this film. I think so. I think it's very important to watch it's extreme, and talk about. It's extremely violent. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Uh, they don't hold anything back when it comes to language as well. So definitely keep that in mind. Um, from what I can tell, it's mostly true. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this is based in fact. And that's what's scary. Especially the ending. If you know how Fred Hampton's story ends, just know that it's bad. And it, they show the whole thing. The horrible bits, the incredible violence surrounding so much of their lives is shown on screen and it's it's and it's not gratuitous in my opinion it's mainly you need to know what Mm -hmm. happened to fully grasp what happened and i think that was such a powerful aspect of the movie i think do you remember the did you watch the documentary i think it's called the 13th they go over this they do briefly they briefly they do cover his um fred hampton for a bit, they talk about him yeah. quite a bit. So I think, like, if you've seen this and then going into this movie, it helps. It's it helps. good. It's, it's good to know. Definitely. 
it's not a it's not a biography of Fred mm-hmm. Hampton because we only see him for like two years of mm-hmm. his life, but I it really showcased how incredibly important he was. And Daniel Kaluuya, I might be pronouncing that wrong. I tried, I looked up an interview today to like know how to say Mm -hmm. it, and I think I messed it up. But he knocks it out of the park as Fred Hampton. And even though he's older than how Fred Hampton was at this time, it is he's so charismatic, and it's but he's so serious, and it just really is a lot of layers onto this figure that is well-loved or despised and he kind of creates a bridge between Mm -hmm. the two i would say and i know i said i want sasha baron conan to win the golden globe i take it back yeah give it to daniel he absolutely deserves it for this role i think he should get it and like he's danfield was also great as well jesse plemons what'd you think of him (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Jesse Plemons plays Agent Mitchell, who yeah. is the FBI. He just always plays, for me, I see him in those characters a lot, I feel. Like, when I think of him, I think that style. Um, did you watch Friday Night Lights? No. He's in Friday Night Lights, and he plays kind of like this geeky dork guy. Oh, God. And then... Maybe I should watch that to, like, take me away from those roles. I mean, he does accidentally end up killing a man in Friday Night Lights. Okay, great. Then <laughs> it fits. It still fits. What else has he been in? Um, have you seen The Post? Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks? Maybe. Maybe. It's very good. He plays a lawyer mm-hmm. for The Post. Okay. The Washington Post. I think I've seen that. Probably have. Yeah. It's very good. Um, did you watch Black Mirror? No. How do I know this guy? <laughs> I don't know. Because he's, <laughs> he's, um, he's in the episode USS Callister. I would have probably have seen him in like something that you'd be like... Really, he's, really. He's in, um, I'm thinking of ending things. Ah! That's him! <laughs> ah, okay, no, 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 no. He's known for different roles. Yeah, the, oh my god, that, that, what's his name? Jesse Plemons. He's, uh, he's there been around is. for a while. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah we yeah, recently yeah, watched yeah. him in I'm thinking yeah, of Yeah, oh, things. good lord. They'll never forget. Um, I think, I think that's probably what movie I was thinking of then. He plays a really creepy guy. Oh, he was in Black Mirror. Bridge of Spies, but I don't remember him from that. Okay. He has a long career. Yeah, he does. Okay, so I remember from from that, and that's probably why I have, like, a salty taste in my mouth. I'm like, mmm! Yeah. I mean, his character like, is it was bad. A sh- like, seeing him on screen was a shock to my sister. I was like, oh no, it's him again. <laughs> You just remember him from that one movie. Yeah, and that's it disturbed what got me. Um, also, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen plays Jagger Hoover. Yeah, the voice. It's ba- it's Jed Bartlett's voice with insane prosthetics. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, no. No, no, no. no that's not to say they're bad prosthetics, but oh my god. He does it was not disturbing. look like Martin Sheen yeah. at all. But, which is good. Yeah, because I don't want to associate no. Jagger Hoover with Martin Sheen yeah. and or Jed Bartlett yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly. Jagger Hoover was... A piece of shit I in my him. mind. And this Pure will trash. just reinforce that idea. Yep. Um, final thoughts on Judas and the Black Messiah. I think it is a very important watch. It's a very difficult watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaka King is a relatively new director. And I think based off what from this, he has a lot of momentum mm-hmm. to go off of. Um... 
little tidbit is that Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and Lil Ray Howard, who's also in a brief cameo, were all in Get Out. So seeing the three oh, yeah. of them together was just fascinating. Nice. Love Get Out. I know we haven't talked about it on mm-hmm. this podcast, but... Not, okay, I feel weird saying I love Get Out because... It's a, it's it's, a, it's a wow a, movie. It's a horror well, film yeah. about, like, liberal racism. Mm-hmm. I think Get Out is an incredible film and is worth rewatching many times. I could say that about Jason Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to love it because it's really hard and it makes you reevaluate a lot, but you can appreciate for how important and how well made and how integral it is with what we know today. And I think this country is going through a real reckoning with its racial relationships, as it has been for many years. So this movie kind of came out in the right time where. If you're going to reevaluate your history, reevaluate all your history. And you should know about these men and what roles they play in your life. And the women, too. Mm-hmm. His um, fiance, I just it's just completely lost my brain. Elsie Barbro? Nope. That ain't it. That ain't it. Um, Fred Hampton's fiance, she... The actress is incredible, and I'm completely blanking. But she is so interesting. She plays a very... Um, She's an active member of the Black Panther Party now. Deborah. Deborah. I was probably thinking of Deborah. Yeah, that's why I was like, Deborah. Maybe it's Barbara. It's Deborah. Deborah. And then their son, Fred Hampton Jr., is the current chairman of the Black Panther Mm -hmm. Party. It's still an active um, organization. So, Judas and the Black Messiah, HBO Max. Highly recommend. uh, Watch it now before it gets off streaming in like March. Yeah. So, we highly recommend. Highly recommend. Very important film. Very important. Um, go in with your eyes open and your mind open. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hell nice. Yeah. Cool. Do we have anything lighter to discuss after that? Um, I think we do. Yes. Go for it. Tell us what you've watched this week, what you read. Yeah. How you feeling. So, I'm going to give another shout out to Anne. Go for it. She has talked me into watching probably one of my new favorite shows, nice. which is Star Trek Discovery. I just finished season one two hours ago, mm-hmm. maybe. So I'm, I'm hot off the heels. I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. And Star Trek Discovery takes place ten years before the original Star Trek show. So you don't have the same characters that a lot of people recognize, like Kirk, Spock, Uhura, Scotty. But it makes a lot of references And it's mainly focused on this ship called the Discovery that is this new advanced ship, and it's uh, part in the Klingon War that's going on. I'm going to start off by saying the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery are not good. (laughs) And I'm going to also say the third episode is also not good. Great. So when does it get better? (laughs) Fourth episode. So the first two episodes um, are basically about how the Klingon War gets started. And then all those characters disappear. And then episode three and four, you start to learn about the actual crew you're going to spend the whole time with. And you act, you find out what this story is actually about. And that's when it becomes interesting. If I had been, they didn't ask me shockingly, if I had been the showrunner, I would have said, hey, don't start this show with the beginning of the battle. Mm-hmm. Maybe start this show by introducing ourselves to the characters we're going to spend the whole season with and use the war as a, a motif or, like, a callback that you don't see the whole picture of so we learn about throughout the season. It becomes this mystery. 
And this stars um, the main character is named Michael Berman, who's a she, but her name's Michael. She plays a science specialist who is who is human but was raised by Vulcans. Who she is the adopted sister of Spock. Oh wow! Here we go. Oh, there it is. Um, she's very interesting because even though she's raised by Vulcan, she still has so many human tendencies. And it's really interesting to get the main character of a Star Trek show not be the captain because we usually see it from the captain's eyes. So seeing it from someone who's on a little bit lower level is I feel a very interesting point of view. Um, a lot of other great actors are in the show. Jason Isaacs, a.k.a. Oh, Lucius Malfoy, yeah. plays Captain Lorca in Ooh. this show. Do we like him? Yes. Okay. Nice. I was a huge fan. Okay. Nice. And, I mean, he's very good looking. Mm-hmm. And he's very charismatic. I so, like, can't say no. Nice. I didn't know he was in the show. Yeah. I was, because he doesn't come on until episode three. There it is. There it is. Um, Michelle Yao, who mm-hmm. is yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, she plays the original captain, before the war starts and she's so oh she's fascinating she's this really cool captain and man i wish wish she was on more episodes but i still gotta watch season two and three yeah how many seasons there's three seasons so far okay um and i think it's been renewed and it's it's cbs all access cbs all access nice um Here's my hot take on CBS All Access. CBS All Access sucks. Yeah. Is it Paramount now yet? It's not yet. I think okay. it's like March something. Okay. It becomes Paramount. But it's not your fault because I use your CBS Access. So I don't want to, I don't want you to think I'm blaming you. It's CBS as a whole. No. Remember when we were trying to stream the Super Bowl? Yeah. It was garbage. It took us like 15 tries and I had to like download another. Oh my God. It was, it just was like they don't make it easy. They don't make it easy. They put in really long commercial breaks. I'm like... We pay for this. We pay for Why it. Why do we get commercial? It's like two minutes. And no! For some reason, it's like kind of janky. The commercial break doesn't fall where it's supposed to fall. So it like kind of falls randomly. And then the closed caption is also really off. So like sometimes I'll look away and be like, that's not the dialogue, but it is what it is. No, ma'am. So despite all that, I'm very into this show because what's impressive to me are the characters they mm-hmm. built and the relationships between the characters. It's a very diverse show and it's sh- like Star Trek is known for kind of pushing the boundaries of what was television in the 60s. So seeing that now replicated in 2021, they're still trying to incorporate those ideas of Gene Roddenberry and it's very impressive to watch. Do I have some issues? Absolutely. <laughs> Am I confused at times? You bet. Do you have a favorite character or favorite characters? I have lots of favorite characters. Um... I really liked, actually, the main character, Michael. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't like her at first. Really did not like her at first, but she grew on me. Um, Ash Tyler, who plays the um, chief security officer. Mm-hmm. He is a fine-looking man. I think I know who you're talking about. You Blue. probably would know. Um, is he color yellow? He doesn't... They all have blue uniforms. Oh, they don't have the... They don't have the colors. No, they don't have the colors. Um, Cap... Um, Saru, who is like the first officer who becomes the acting captain at times. Mm-hmm. He's played by Doug Jones, an Indiana alum. Woohoo! Ooh. We always stand an Indiana alum. And then Captain Lorca is just. Uh, who did you say you liked? Um, Ash Tyler. He's played by. Oh, I forget his name. Oh, I found him. Yeah. He's like 6'3. Yeah. Yeah. That is your type. <laughs> like six three and lanky <laughs> <laughs> he has a really interesting arc as well nice. i mean all the characters are great 
Anthony Rapp from Rent is in this show. And while I love Rent and I also love Anthony Rapp, I don't know if I would have casted him. Really? He... His um his performance is not my favorite. Mm. It's a little too. Th- I mean, he's a very serious. The character is very serious, and sometimes I'm like, Anthony Rapp. Oh, there he why is. Why do you think you're on stage right now? <laughs> this is not. This ain't theater, my guy. Yikes. So. Oh, he's on forty two episodes. So. Oh, he's on all of them, baby. <laughs> Better start liking him now. I mean, I don't dislike the character. It's mainly just yeah. sometimes there's a line reading where I'm like. Oh, the actress who plays Michael, she was on Once Upon a Time. She was. She was. So um, I remember her. She was on Wolverine. Yeah. Girl. And like, she was also. Oh, she was Rhonda in New Girl. She was Rhonda. Rhonda who pranks. Yeah. That's funny. She's okay. she's very talented. Nice. Just stalking them now. Cool. I, it I, looks good. I should I should watch it. I was just letting you watch so you could test the waters and tell you. me what you thought. I will be watching season two. Nice. I, I think you would really like this um, show. One, because there's a lot of violence. Yay! You love violence. I do. Um, it moves pretty quickly. Yeah, that's good. We like that. Um, and a lot of twists. A lot of things cool. I didn't see coming. Nice. I like that. So, I don't think it's the most perfect show ever, but mm-hmm. it's very enjoyable. Fair enough. And it's a good uh, distraction mm-hmm. from things in my life right now, a.k.a. A Court of Silver Flames that still hasn't arisen. We're waiting for this book that got released yesterday, Tuesday. It is now Wednesday. Still have not received the book. We pre-ordered it back in August. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if Barnes & Noble, you can hear us now, please send us the book ASAP. I'm not saying it's, uh, it's getting tense in this apartment, but... Every noise I hear, I'm like, it's UPS. It's a package. And it is a package, just not our books. Just not our books. We, August! August is when we, we pre-ordered. We were prepped. We were prepared. We were dedicated. No. They build me for it. They, but where is the book? Well, where is the book? Yeah. This is Shady Boots Down. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, uh, Star Trek Discovery, great show. CBS All Access. CBS All Access. Um, what did you watch this okay. week? Okay. So speaking of violence. Yes. Here's my show. Yes. So I talked a little bit, kind of, I mentioned I wanted to watch it last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So this show is called The Head, and it's on HBO Max. Okay. I'm going to read the summary, because it's, it's a little hard to explain. It's not hard, but like... Uh, it's it's easier to just read yeah. it. Okay. As the long Antarctic winter falls, most of the staff evacuate the Polaris 6 Antarctic Research Station. A small team stays on to continue their innovative research, a crucial part in the fight against climate change, led by renowned biologist Arthur Wilde. But when spring comes, summer commander Johan Berg returns to find the entire team are either dead or missing. A killer is on the loose, and Annika, Johan's wife, is missing. If he wants to find her alive, he will have to trust Maggie, the young doctor who is traumatized and apparently the sole survivor from the group. Mm. Yeah, so I can't really say much about it without spoiling it. Because sure. it is a show that relies heavily on the twist and who did what and what's going on and all the mysteries. I will say it ha- it's six episodes. It moves pretty fast. Um, it keeps you on edge. The first two episodes, I was like really stressed because I didn't know how gory it would be or how bloody. It's not really. Like, it's fine. Okay. Okay. Like, um, I was fine with it. I didn't have to look away when people were killed, even if it was in gross ways. So that's saying something. Okay. Um, if you don't like blood that much, just close your eyes for a second or two. 
Um, but I thought it was fine. Okay. It's totally bearable. Um, it, it's, it's pretty intense, and it's just, like, there's, um, everyone comes, gets killed one by one. You just don't know who did it. There's also, like, a lot of issues that come to light. Each character is not who they seem they were. They all have a common past. There's darkness going on. There's just a lot of things, and you discover new things every episode. Like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, what? Are you for real? <laughs> It's really good. And the main character, Johan, who kind of, like, pieces everything back together, I really like him. Oh, nice. He he reminded me of, like, a Danish um, from Denmark, Indiana Jones. I do know what Danish means. Okay. <laughs> I, know, but I don't know if, in, if I said the word Danish, if it was going to sound like a weird... No, you're like, totally... Like, a, like, sometimes I say things and people are like, what? No, no. And so I'm like... I totally get like, it. No. The Denmark person, a Danish yeah. person... Um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Okay. Goes to Antarctica. I'm intrigued. So it's, he's really cool, and he's not like, ah, oh, I need to find my wife, which he does, but he's like, kind of perks her on the back burner to figure out really what's going on, which is nice. I like that shit. Really. Um, and then his psych, like, his guy that helps him is Gustav, and he's great too. I really was worried for him at first, but he, he goes with Johan during the summer, so he's safe, and then he comes back with Johan, so they're both trying to figure out together... Um, so the characters are all pretty cool. Oh, good. You kind of, like, even though they're all flawed and you're, like, don't know who to trust, you kind of feel for all of them, except for one, I would mm-hmm. say, or, like, two. Well, it depends when you figure out the stuff about them, but it's really, <laughs> you, you, you feel, you get attached, and they all, like, are really cool and, like, have different layers. So it's a pretty exciting show. Um, the goal is, obviously, to find it out this murder mystery and figure out exactly what's going on, piecing all the pieces together. Um, and it's in Antarctica, so it's pretty... Nice, yeah. And it's like, it shows you what isolation does to people. Isolation huh. and confinement. And it's, it's pretty spooky. It reminded me, like, it's kind of set as if this was, like, a space movie. You know, in space movies, yeah, there's yeah. always, like, a killer on the loose within the space station, or, like, like a creature... Like an alien, there's no escape, and you're only with each other. Do you trust the other people? So basically, this is like a space movie, space series, but in Antarctica, which is basically the same thing as if you were in space. Because you're so far apart. During the winter, it's so dark, and there's so many storms, no one can come save them or help them out. It's horrifying. So they're really stuck out there. Um, And these are scientists, and the bases are like 300 kilometers away from each other. So they're really stuck out there. Also... Um, I had to look up where this was filmed because um, it is winter, okay? And some of these characters are rolling around in the snow with, like, a turtleneck. <laughs> and I'm like, this is Antarctica. You would be... I'm sorry. Mm, you need more layers. Yeah, but it was filmed in Iceland, which is still pretty cold. So I was confused when they would come out with big coats and, like, just a beanie and their faces all exposed to the cold and yeah, the snow. And I'm like, yeah. I can't even do that here. Like, I need, no. like, a scarf, layers... I need just, like, literally this, just my eyes, maybe, are, like, not covered. So, I don't know, maybe, it's probably because they're all from Denmark and Sweden. That they didn't feel anything to the cold. They're but mostly used to it. I was like, wow. Antarctica's not that cold. Maybe I'll go visit. Sure. Yeah. Um, I might have missed it, but is this an English-speaking show? It is, but, um, so, like, they all speak English. Okay. But most of them are from Denmark. Um, and the UK. Okay. Maybe Sweden. And sometimes they speak Dutch. Oh. 
So, um, bilingual. yeah, so sometimes they speak Danish or Dutch to each other or Swedish, maybe, I think, and then it's mostly Danish to each other, so you'll get the subtitles for that, but they all speak English. Were you satisfied by the ending? Yeah. Yeah. I can't say more. No. I literally cannot say more. I just, li- I just, li- I like to know that there's a satisfying mm-hmm. attitude. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's awesome. like got, like, it got, every episode got even more good, even better, so I recommend this. Sweet. This was quite a fun ride. Good. So how many episodes? Six, and there are like fifty minutes each. You finished that very quickly. I did. I yeah. skipped the romantic parts. Alona. Um, there's not a few, and they're each like a minute maybe. But I was like, eh, let's get back to the. I want you to watch the show all the way through. No, I did. It was just like thirty seconds when they were kissing. Like I didn't need that. That didn't add anything to the plot for me. Okay, maybe you shouldn't watch Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> There's a lot of romance. Well, like if it's like this, just didn't feel like it needed to be there. Okay. So, this is where you and I differ. <laughs> <laughs> but the head on HBO Max, highly recommend if you want a spooky cold thriller. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that sounds right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. Back to you, friend. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to now talk about books, because mm-hmm. apparently that's all I'm mm-hmm. good for. Mm-hmm. She agrees. <laughs> okay, so I... So, so um, I'm going to talk about The City We Became by mm-hmm. N.K. Jeminson. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis. Go for it. And then I'm going to talk about it Great, more. let's do it. Okay, great. Thanks. Roll on. <laughs> Bite on. Not roll on. Anyways. <laughs> May I? <laughs> yeah. Alright, in Manhattan, a young grad student gets off the train and realizes he doesn't remember who he is, where he's from, or even his own name, but he can sense the beating heart of the city, see its history, and it feels its power. In the Bronx, a Lenape gallery director discovers strange graffiti scattered throughout the city, so beautiful and powerful it's as if the paint is literally calling to her. In Brooklyn, a politician and mother finds she can hear the sounds of the city pulsing to the beat of her Louboutin heels. And they're not the only ones. Every great city has a soul. Some are ancient as myths, and, s- and the others are as new and destructive as children. New York, she's got six. Mm. So if you haven't figured out, this book is about New York City. Mm-hmm. And when I say it's about New York City, it's about New York City. It's modern day, but it's sci-fi. So basically, I won't give away too much, because a lot of this was shrouded in mystery for when I went in, and I kind of enjoyed the unearthing that comes with the book but if every city is represented as a singular person new york city has five bureaus boroughs that's like your heroes sure. so sorry five boroughs so there are five people who mm-hmm. inhabit each borough there's one for brooklyn one for bronx one for manhattan one for whatever the other one is i'm kidding it's staten island <laughs> In Queens as well. And then there's one who's, like, the primary Mm -hmm. New York City. And because these cities have such interesting and powerful souls, there are external creatures that want to take over the city and attack these souls slash avatars. So it's about these six people coming together, and they have to basically defeat what is, like, this plague that's Mm -hmm. coming through the city, New York City, that we know today. The most interesting part of this book is how each borough is personified and what really represents each faction of New York. Because New York is such a divergent, unique experience. And I'm saying that from someone who's lived here for a year and a half, almost Mm -hmm. two years, and 
I, there's still so much I don't know. And in Kane Jemison, she lives in New York, and you really feel like she understands what's going on. She did a lot of research, too. And I really appreciated learning about New York, learning what makes each borough so interesting. Like, I used to live in Manhattan, now I live in Brooklyn, but there's still so much I don't know. And seeing what really New York means to people is so interesting. And with the sci-fi element as well, it's very entertaining, but really... I just enjoyed learning about New York and learning how other people view New York City who have been here for years and who have come to represent the different boroughs of New York City. And I think it's a very important read for those of us who are trying to live here because we don't know a lot of what's going on. Do you identify to the Brooklyn one? Not at all. Really? Um, Do you have one you identify more with? Um, unfortunately, uh, as a, uh white woman none of them are white except for staten island Mm. which is completely fair um the person who personifies brooklyn she's a former rapper who now is a city councilwoman lives in bed-stuy has a young daughter and is just trying to make the best for her family and is becoming this really vibrant politician even though she's this former music career can't really identify with that because I am neither of those no. things, a politician nor a rapper, nor a mother. So three things. So we'll take, we'll take Staten Island. Although oh, I can't. She's, do- she's, she's sort of a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say Staten, what is it, Staten Island? Staten Island. Staten I should be Island? careful. They could come over here and kill me if I talk too much shit about Staten Island. So sorry, but they're not going to listen to a podcast called London to Brooklyn. <laughs> No, because it's Blackland. Exactly. Um, but it's, I really recommend this book. It is lengthy. It is kind of confusing at times, but it's setting up for a great series. I'm excited. It looks good. It looks, yeah, and it's, and I it's think. It's sci-fi. It's sci-fi? I love sci-fi. I think she said it's going to be a trilogy. Ooh. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's also part of being the month of February, Black History Month. Uh, I've been wanting to read from black authors. Mm-hmm. N.K. Jemison's wrote a lot of great sci-fi, and I think this is just another great step, and it's just important to read about New York City from someone who doesn't look like me, but who's lived here for most of her life. I highly recommend. Nice. Yeah. Good. Another good one. The City We Became. We love it. The City We Became. I was trying to see if I could see the book on your shelf, but... It's, um... Oh, it's over there! Right next to Obama. Look, okay, see Star Wars? No, I see nothing. Oh my gosh, do you know? Am I blind? You were literally wearing your glasses. Do you see Obama? No! Look on top of my dresser. Oh, your dresser! Yeah! I was looking here the whole time. So, uh, to the viewers at home, I have a lot of different bookshelves. Yeah, she does. She needs more. Um... (laughs) If you want to sponsor us and send her, and send us another bookshelf, please go for it. We greatly appreciate it. Um, as long as it's big and tall, we'll take it. We'll take it. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, speaking of a trilogy, I just finished the Shades of Magic trilogy. Woo-hoo! Just finished the Conjuring of Light. This was a great series. Yeah. So I know we've talked about those books a lot on the pod Mm -hmm. but I really recommend it's A Darker Shade of Magic, A Gathering of Shadows, and A Conjuring of Light by V.E. Schwab. 
So I highly recommend. There's also other books from her that I really want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to read Vicious Me and too. Vengeful. And this. of course, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. <sighs> what a stellar book yeah. that is. The, all those books are seem like stellar, really, really good, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I also thought for some reason that she was a British author. No, she's American. She's, she's American. She's American. Yeah. Morgan. Even though, like, Shade of Magics takes place in London. Mm-hmm. Invisible Life with Addie LaRue starts in France and yeah. then goes to New York. I don't know about Vicious and Vengeful. Me neither, but those look good. I, I saw good things about it online. Me too. Me so, too. yeah, Shades of Magic trilogy series. Um, it's about magic and different areas of London. So, recommend! <laughs> what was your favorite book out of the series? I think A Conjuring of Light. Just because we get more, more of everything, more magic, mm-hmm. a little bit more darkness and violence. She loves violence. <laughs> no, I don't. This is kind of weird thing to say. She loves. I just love action-packed I was torture. Gonna say, I was gonna say something really weird, but say um, it. I, I it's love just seeing people go through me. pain. <laughs> like, oh Lord, you are a Lannister. No, like. They go through pain, but, like, they come out of it. You know, That's like, they go through it. You're talking and about... And come out I know, stronger. I know who you're talking about yeah. in the books, yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. So I highly recommend... I love Holland. He's my favorite character. If you're gonna start reading it, just go in knowing that. I love all the characters. Me too. I love all of I them. But I always have a favorite. I have, well, I have a lot of favorites, because I like Alucard. Mm-hmm. I like Rye. But I like... Obviously, I love them, too. I don't say you didn't love them. I'm just saying who my favorite is. Favorites. Yeah. And usually, I don't like the main character. It's like... Same. But I love Kel, and I love Lila. Like, I could count on one hand the main characters that I've ever liked. Kel. Kel. Percy. Percy. I really like Percy Jackson. Do we like Feyre? Frey? I like Ryson. I like Ryson. But he's not the main. He's not the kind main. Kind of, but not really. I'm worried I'm not going to like Feyre in the next book. Yeah. Um, Fyra? Oh, I don't know. I like Bryce. Love Bryce. Bryce, Bryce is my favorite. Also, Aelin in the Throne of Glass series. Yeah. She's pretty dope. I really need to read Throne of Glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like Addie LaRue. Yeah. So I That's think you'll like yeah. her. Um, we love Darrow. What are we talking we about? Love we love Daryl. We love Daryl. We love Daryl. Even when he's a fool Yeah, I times. love him. He's like, he used to be like a child to me. And then he became more like an older brother. And now he's more like a father figure. He's a very, he's a father figure to yeah. me as well. I feel like I am Pax. And yeah. he is my dad. Mm-hmm. And he is gone. Yeah. And I would have resolution if someone would finish the series. Pierce Brown, please finish the next book. You've had two years. You've had two years. So, and if Sarah J. Maas can come out with new books every year, sometimes two year, you can definitely do this. Yeah. You got this. I think we're going to get another Crescent City book this year. I think so, too. Which I will... I'll lose my mind. I can't even. I can't. We have to move on. Yeah, we have to move on. We have okay. to move on. What are you reading right now? Um, I'm currently reading Infinite Country mm-hmm. by Patricia Engel. It's um, one of the book of the month's books for mm-hmm. February. It's a very short book. It's a very good book. Nice. It's about this family from Colombia who, over generations, have been trying to immigrate to the United States. And it takes place kind of like in a 20-year span, I would say. Like, some of the families made it, some of the families stuck. There's some, like, crisscrossing. And 
it's very well written and it's very beautiful, but it's kind of eye-opening to the harrowing experience of what a lot of immigrants go through. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how, like, how Patricia concludes this book. I say, like, your close mm-hmm. friends, Patricia. <laughs> Me and <Sorry>. Patricia. <laughs> Patty. I wonder if Patty's going to... No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm very curious to see how she finishes the book because I don't know how, if there's going to be a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And... I, but I want these characters to succeed, even though it's so grounded in reality that you, you kind of know mm-hmm. that this isn't going to have an happy ending. But I really recommend it. It's 191 pages. Oh, my God. It's so short. That's like the intro to, like, a, any fantasy book. It's I, just, like, a brief intro. It took us that many pages just to meet the second main character in Crescent City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this is a very fast read. Um, book of the Month, once again... Sponsor us. Book of the month. <laughs> we should try doing just fake commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Use the offer code London to Brooklyn to get five dollars off your new book. <laughs> We'd be perfect. We'd be so good. I'm gonna read the four wins soon. And that's my other book of the month. The depression for book? It takes place during the dust bowl. Depression. Oh my god. Are they god. depressed in it? I don't think they're happy. Depression. <laughs> oh my god. The depression books. I'm excited. Kristen Hannah, I'm coming for you. Um, to switch gears completely, yeah. um, I watched over the weekend To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Always and Forever. So To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Part 3 on Netflix. So just quick summary that's like a sentence. Senior of high school takes center stage as Lara Jean returns from a family trip to Korea and considers her college plans with and without Peter. Bam. That's basically Bam. the movie. Um... Yeah, so there's three movies mm-hmm. in that series. Um, I think the first movie is still my favorite. That's where most of the stuff happens, and there's more plot. Mm-hmm. Second one was, eh, it was there. You know. Okay, okay. And the third one is better than the third, but it's just like I don't know what's going on with these this this series, but like the plot is like straight. There's no issues. Yeah. There's like nothing nothing going on. They fight and break up maybe for like a minute in the movie. And then they back together. And they're like, wait, never mind. Oh my god, we're totally meant to be. It's like, um... I don't know. Mm. I don't know. So it's kind of like a flat line. Yeah, going from the head to that must have been a sharp turn. Yeah, so... It was still good. Like, it's cute, you know. She chooses NYU over, like, going to the same college as him. Which is like, obviously, you choose New York over any man. That makes sense. But they're still gonna make it work with long distance. Like, I don't know, it's not really real realistic but you know i'm a hopeless romantic um <laughs> you literally just talked about you skip the romance in your show and then i watched this you are such a dichotomy when it comes right? to human and beings. did i skip anything no was i doing other things like cleaning my room or on my phone during this movie yes absolutely um but so your child boys of loved would it be one three two like in order of good yes yes from best I don't think anything would top the first one. I I actually really enjoyed that first movie. Yeah. I and thought I thought it was great. And it's just like I don't think there was anything else to really say much. You know, there was no other really plot cuz they didn't want to break Largin and Peter up really. Yeah. So, then what's going to happen, you know? Mm. There's not much. Not so, much. yeah, those are my thoughts, but it's still good. It was so cute. Okay. If you want a cutesy movie, it fits. You are so interesting. <laughs> You literally talk about the head and to all the boys I've loved before forever and always within the same pod. 
I know. Makes sense. This <laughs> Who is, is my, she? My, my genres are all over the place. She keeps us on our toes. Yeah, I'll surprise you. Just give me anything to watch. I'll maybe watch it. I will say that is growth that you took your own advice to watch a show. You said you're going to watch The Head and you watched The I Head. I did. I really wanted something kind of spooky and stressful. Yeah. And boy, was it. And there's only so many times we can rewatch Stranger Things. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, I wanted Elle and I to take on a challenge. A challenge. And for compare cousin. our rom-com rankings. Yes. So, romantic comedies. Romantic comedies. How would you define a rom-com? Um, so the main thing has to be, like, the romance. Yeah. And then it has to be funny. Yes. Can't be tragic. Mm. Can't be just romance. No. And it can't, the main thing can't be, like, um, comedy where they go on a trip and it's about friendship and romance. That doesn't work. It has to be romance first. Okay. And comedy at the same level. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of mine got scrapped because they didn't fit those parameters. Yeah. Mine were pretty on par, I think. This was, you were so excited for this challenge. I was. I feel like I, I used to watch a lot of rom-coms, and then I realized now, I was like, I haven't watched a rom-com in so long until To All the Boys I've Loved Before, and I was like, oh my god, I miss these movies! Is, uh, the Holiday's not on your list, right? It is. The Holiday is? Yes. Oh, I didn't see it. If you just wait, you all know what number it is in a second. Okay, okay, let's right. get started! So, should we start with our number 10s? Yeah. Okay, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Really good. It is. I actually really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the set in Singapore is just an incredible backdrop for this movie. And really amazing performances from a lot of them. I don't worship this movie like some people in my mm-hmm. family, a.k.a. my mom and my sister, who've probably seen this upwards of 15 times. And that's I'm not being dramatic. That's probably true. Um, but I think this movie was great, and it was very important to see this representation mm-hmm. on film. Is it stereotypical at times? I'm sure. But to have, like, an all-Asian cast do these incredible feats, I thought was very mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And it's just a great film. Love it. Yeah. Number 10. Uh, my number 10 is Sleeping With Other People with Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's rated R. Ooh. And it's uh, about people who can't really get into relationships. They struggle with that. Uh, so I was like, hmm, I, I really like it. I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Nice. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's a classic, like, uh, boy and girl friends trying to help each other date other people. And then obviously they fall in love with each other. Ooh, Those spicy. Yeah. So. Nice. But it's funny. Very nice. Very um, nice. What's your number nine? My number nine is Love Actually. That counts, yeah. right? Yeah, that counts. Okay. I mean, the whole point is love. The whole point but is it's love. it's funny. Um, are there, like, some issues with the movie? For sure. As we saw when we For rewatched. Sure. Yeah. But, like, I can't deny how happy it makes mm-hmm. me and how joyful I get whenever I see it. It's so many iconic performances from some of the greats. Some less than iconic performances, but we don't worry about those, and it's just a happy time. Yeah. And I think it's a great... If you don't like Christmas movies, I think this is a good substitution. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think anyone can like that movie. Yeah, if you love London like I do, mm-hmm. like we do. The British do rom-coms very well. They do. I will give them that. They do. Yeah. There's a few that didn't make it on my list that were uh, very British. Yeah, so. They do it very well. They, I'm not going to do an accent. Um, uh, you're number nine. Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, work, Diva. Which we already talked about, but yeah. I really like it. Um, Michelle, it's really good. Michelle Yao from Star Trek yeah. Discovery. 
She's in it. We love her. We love her. Um, what's your number eight? My number eight is Some Like It Hot. Mm. Okay. I'm going to watch this. Um, I really had to debate if this was more comedy, but the romance with Marilyn oh, Monroe, I think oh. is kind of like the driving factor. So for those who don't know, it's a very old movie. I think it came out in 1956. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about two musicians during the Prohibition era in Chicago who get wrapped up in mobster activity, so they have to go on the run. And the only hiding place they can find is an all-female band where Marilyn Monroe is the lead singer. And so they basically dress up in drag so they can join this band. And they end up in this resort town. The mobsters and the police are after them. But the saxophone player falls in love with Marilyn Monroe. But she thinks he's a, a woman, so she sees him as a best friend. But... He comes out of drag to, like, convince her to fall in love with him. And it's just very cute. But it's also one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Directed by Billy Wilder, who's directed another movie on my list. It's a classic Marilyn Monroe. I think one of her greater performances. And it's just a fun time. My mom loves that movie. It's... And she loves it so much we went to the hotel this summer. Because it's in San Diego. Is it really? Yeah, it's the Hotel Del... Coronado. Is it still pretty? Mm-hmm. It's really pretty. There's pictures looks, there. I can show you. Yeah, the pictures. Please. We went there strictly because my mom loves that movie. Oh, because, I mean, they make it look so fun in the movie. Yeah, it's really pretty. The beach is beautiful. I bet. Mm-hmm. The last scene is them on a boat yeah. getting, like, heading out on the water. It's some like it hot. I don't know where to watch it, but... I'm I not sure. Really recommend it. But I know it's really good. I don't think this It's is a good. classic. If you don't think Marilyn Monroe is a good actress, I would suggest watching this movie. She's selling it. We can always vent it. Yeah, we'll find another time. Yeah, um, nice. You're number eight, darling. Hitch. Hitch. With Will Smith and Eva Mendes. Yes. Which is another movie, I think I have a thing, where like, um, it's two friends and they help each other, you know, find uh, people to date. Yeah. And then they like each other. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, my dad loves this movie. I love Hitch. Hitch is really funny. It's yeah. really good. I like, I, um, I remember liking it a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's set in New York City. I they go jet skiing. Do you know why I want to go jet skiing so bad on the river? Because of Hitch. Because of Hitch. Literally because of Hitch. I was like, they jet ski in New York? This is what I need. I don't know if I'd ever jet ski in those waters. And then he gets, like, these this allergy reaction when they go to dinner. Oh. And then um, Kevin James does that crab dance. Um, That's Kevin iconic. James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It seems like it's a classic. It's a classic. Very really nice. Funny. I really like it. Um, What's your seven? My number seven is Palm Springs, mm-hmm. a recent entry. Mm-hmm. Palm Springs is on Hulu. I know we had some discussion whether or not this was. Yeah, I think it counts. I saw it on lists. I saw it on a lot of lists, which is why I felt comfortable putting it on. It's um, getting a lot of attraction because of its Golden Globe nominees. Mm -hmm. Um, I almost said Jake Peralta. LOL. Andy Samberg and Kristen Millat are just so cute and dynamic. And having a rom-com with such a twist as in time Mm -hmm. warp or like Groundhog Day Syndrome... Time loop, that's what I was looking for, is a really interesting time. And I think adds a whole fun new twist mm-hmm. on the rom-com genre. And both these people are just hilarious and charismatic. So, J.K. Simmons also plays my favorite character. Roy. Love Roy. Palm Springs on Hulu. Great time. Absolute great time. Nice. You're number seven? Uh, Leap Year. Have you seen that? 
was I supposed to react? <laughs> I, I just got glared at over that. I've seen it. It's with Amy Adams and Matthew yes. Good. Yeah, because I love Matthew Good. It's yeah. a really cute sweater in that movie. He is very um, cute. And it's in Ireland. It is in Ireland. I like the movie. It makes me happy. Yeah. Um, Both those actors are phenomenal. Yeah. Matthew I really like could, their I really like their chemistry. Matthew Good can do more. And same, well. it's like they don't like each other at first and then they like then they end up liking each other. Yeah. 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 So it's a good time. It's kind of my theme. Um <laughs> so yeah, leap year. Leap year. What's your number six? My number six is Sabrina. Mm-hmm. So there's two Sabrinas. There's the nineteen fifty four Sabrina mm-hmm. starring Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart. And then there's the nineteen ninety five Sabrina starring Someone else and Harrison Ford. I'm talking about the 1954 version because mm-hmm. I prefer that one. Um, it's about basically um, Audrey Hepburn plays the daughter to the chauffeur of this like very wealthy playboyish family. Um, the younger son starts to take an interest in her, but then she goes to Paris and learns fashion and comes back and she starts to attract the eye of the older brother played by Humphrey Bogart who starts to fall in love with her. But they used to like be very mean and just like snotty boys so it's kind of about them i mean it's audrey hepburn mm-hmm. she's stunning she's beautiful so it's about them like basically falling in love with her because they realize it's audrey hepburn it's very it's very romantic it can be goofy at times especially with the younger brother um i forget the actor's name i think it's like Kristen wilden but humphrey bogart's in the movie mm-hmm. that's what's important uh also directed by billy wilder Nice. Coming in clutch with those movies. There's your theme. There's my theme. My mom made me watch this movie when I was really mm-hmm. young, and it's just stayed with me throughout the years. Nice. Very good time. Sabrina. You, you like rom-coms. You've seen your fair share of rom-coms. I have. I yeah. Have. My number six? Yes, ma'am. She's the man. This is a good movie. That's all I need. Did I say more? Soccer no. and Chaining Tatum. No. That's a, a spoof on Shakespeare. Yeah. There we go. There it is. I think it's based off Twelfth Night. It is, yeah. Yeah, there it is. So she's a man. She's a, we she's all know, a man. You all know that movie, and we you know, know how much I love this movie. So. Absolutely. Moving on. Number Moving five. On. Number five. God, I'm I'm such a nerd. My number five is Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh my goodness. Uh, I have back to back Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> I feel like that's fair. I stop laughing. <laughs> stop laughing at me. What is wrong with you? Good. <laughs> continue. Please explain. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's a great movie about New York. Audrey Hepburn is Audrey Hepburn. I think everyone should watch it once in their lives. <laughs> Looking at me like that. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> no, it's good. This is a super sidebar. Um, one of my dance solos, I played Holly Golightly, which is Audrey Hepburn's character, and I dressed up in that black dress oh, with the pearls. Did the I think I saw that look. Yeah. yeah, I was very young, but it was very cute. It's a very iconic, like, costume, too. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Love Holly Golightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Good. <laughs> my number five. We can move on. <laughs> my number five is The Proposal with yes. Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. You know, where she, like, needs to go back to Canada. Or, because she doesn't have, but then they go to his house in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I like that movie. It's funny. That house was awesome. And same, like, they hate each other at first, and then they like each other. I love that. You have something going on there. I love that. Love you that. have some... Enemies to lovers. Yeah. This is an enemies to lovers podcast. Mm-hmm. I just love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And that was my first... Maybe the first movie I saw him in? Because it was so long ago. Betty White's in that. Yeah. yeah. They have the cool, like, 
Woodstein, where they like dance. With Sandra Bullock and Betty White. Have you not seen this movie? No, I have. I don't know if that scene would have aged yep. well. No, it would not. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny when it was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the scene. I thought, it, I remember laughing at it. But... There's also, like, the scene with um, the striptease. With the song Relax. Oh, my God. Which we like so much. Yeah, yeah. I love Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. And I love Ronnie Reynolds. Good choice. Yeah, I like Good the choice. proposal. So, we are at number four? Yep. Okay. I thought we agreed on this movie. <laughs> I was wondering if you noticed. I did notice, <laughs> and I was like, eh, okay. Fine. So, my number four, one of my all-time faves, is The Princess Bride. And why did we say it wouldn't fit the thing? Okay, I don't remember why, mm-hmm. so therefore, it's boot. Okay. And it now counts. Because it is, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. And the driving factor is Wesley's love for Buttercup. And... I mean, it's so zany at times, and you have, like, Billy Crystal making an appearance, and you have Mandy Patinkin playing one of his greatest characters, Andre the Giant. I mean, there's all so much comedy in it, but the real driving force is this epic love story. Even though I think Buttercup is not a great character, we ignore kind of her... And we just focus on the fun time. Mm-hmm. It's it's truly one of my all-time favorite movies. I think maybe... I might be because I have a nostalgic feel around it, because I saw it a lot when I was younger, but I think it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And so many iconic lines have come from it. Inconceivable. Yeah. Anyways. Great. <laughs> that was my wrist. <laughs> uh, my number four is Angus Thong's Imperfect Snugging. I have never seen this. It's really good. It's British. Yeah. It's so funny. I love that movie. What's it about? Um, how do I explain? I mean, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson is in that. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. So, wow. The story centers on a 14-year-old girl who keeps a diary about the ups and downs of being a teenager, including the things she learns about kissing. 14. Yeah, so um, Georgia Groom is the actress who plays Georgia Nicholson, and she's in love with Aaron Taylor Johnson, Robbie, and it's about her, you know, like, you know, getting to, like, trying to make him date her, basically. Yeah. And he does, and it's very cute. It's very, very funny. Fun. She's not my favorite character. My favorite character is her best friend's jazz. Um, and she gets to date Aaron Taylor Johnson's boy, uh, best friend. Boyfriend? Ooh, that's <laughs> a new turn. Brother. Best friend? Brother. Best friend brother. I I will not be able to answer you. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. So Angus songs in perfect snugging. Um, I used to watch it a lot when, uh, we were young, like 11, 12. We used to do like sleepovers and yeah. just watch that movie. It's just, it's really fun. It's I really good. I think I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's cutesy funsies. Cutesy funsies. Okay. All right, we're on to number three. Ooh, top three. Top three. Okay, go for it. I mean, I wouldn't be Elmer Serena if I didn't bring up. A Jane Austen movie. <laughs> yeah. It does count. I saw it on list and I was yes! like, I'll leave it be. Yes. But I had to look it up. I was like, what is this? Um, because Pride and Prejudice was scraped immediately. Absolutely it was not allowed. Absolutely not. So I have chosen Emma, mm-hmm. the newest version, directed by Autumn DeWilde, starring the incomparable Anya mm-hmm. Taylor-Joy, who I've talked about many times on this podcast, so she knows I love her. This is just a really fun take on the classic story of Emma, and it's, like, she wrote it as a comedy, and it comes off as a comedy. And her love story, I mean, she plays this matchmaker who's bad at matchmaking, 
So there's all these different intertangible love stories, but her main driving one with Mr. Knightley is just perfect, and I think this film is incredible, and everyone should incredible. watch it. Incredible. Incredible, I say. Incredible, wow. It's on HBO Max. I just rewatched it, like, three nights ago. Okay. Maybe I should watch it. Do you think I would like it? I think you would. There's enough, like, there's enough humor, and the performances are really good. Mm-hmm. And the costumes are kind of crazy. It's fun to watch. Nice. There's um, Bill Nye's in it, mm-hmm. who we love. Um, oh, you haven't watched Sex Education. Mm-mm. They have a lot of sex education actors. Okay. Josh O'Connor from The Crown oh, is in it. he's in it? He plays this really weird character. Okay. That makes who's sense. Who's like the vicar. Mm-hmm. But he's funny at times. I can see that. So, Emma, it's like Emma period. Because mm-hmm. it's period piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, highly recommend. That's a comedy. Number That's three. it. That was a comedy. Emma was a period, because it's a period piece. I'm not going to let you trash my movie. <laughs> my number three is The Big Sick. Oh, this is a good one. Which also, like, I think that movie made me cry. It made me cry. Yeah. And that's big for you. Yeah. That's was really, really big. Like, it was really emotional. But it's so good. And it's funny, but it's also dark I mean, a little bit. Kumail Nanjahani is so incredible. funny. Yeah. And I really like... Zoe Kazan, too. It's based off their real story, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. him and his wife. Yeah, which I really like. No, I really love that movie. So, yeah. it's definitely in my top three. It's a, I, I highly uh, mm-hmm. recommend that one as well. Yeah. I have, your, a, I have a special mentions category, mm-hmm. and then that's in. Okay. What's your top two? What's your second? The second one is Strictly Ballroom. Mm-hmm. So, probably not a lot of people have heard no, of Strictly I'm Ballroom. It is directed by Baz Luhrmann. Ah. Uh, it is okay. Baz Luhrmann to the max. So mm-hmm. this is pre-Moulin Rouge, pre-Gatsby, pre-Romeo and Juliet. It's this Aussie actor really coming into... This is one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm getting very excited talking about it. Um, so it's about ballroom dance, obviously. And it has Scott, who's this like very well to do likely to win the championship ballroom dancer but he wants to do his own moves and there's like Mm. very strict ballroom requirements and so he starts to get disillusioned with ballroom dance until he meets fran who's this beginner dancer and they start to choreograph and dance together and try to enter the pan pacific grand championships and that was my australian accent i'm so sorry um and just watching them come together from these two different worlds because her family is immigrated, I think, from Portugal, and his is this like really like ballroom legacy family. It's so funny because first of all, they're all Australian, mm-hmm. so everything they say is already a joke. And then it's Baz Luhrmann. So <laughs> sorry, I just roasted the entire population. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we just lost our whole Australian support. So sorry. Uh, but it's also Baz Luhrmann who does things to the max like if they can be over dramatized he's gonna over dramatize it so that way in that regard if he's gonna over satiricalize mm-hmm. something he's gonna do it and i think this is a great baz Luhrmann film it's my favorite baz Luhrmann film the dancing's incredible time after time this is where that song got really popular mm-hmm. soundtrack's incredible the costumes are so fun ballroom dances ballroom dance Strictly Ballroom is one of my all-time. Maybe you should watch it. I love those kinds of movies. It, there's no one famous in it, mm-hmm. but it is so incredible. Mm-hmm. I nice. really recommend I'll watch it with you if you ever want to okay. watch it. I will. I don't know where that sound uh, came me from. Me neither. Oh, me. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in one hour. 
That's on your TV time? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but it still reminds me. Oh my like, god. Great, I should get into that. Um, on that note, what's your number two, darling? My number two is My Best Friend's Wedding. I've never seen it. With Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's another movie that made me cry, which is very rare. Is that British? No, it's American. Okay. Right? I might be thinking, I'm thinking of Four Weddings and a Funeral. No, it's My Best Friend's Wedding. Um, it's with Julia Roberts. And Dermot Mulroney, do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. He's very cute. And Rupert Everett. Oh, yeah. Who I love. And Cameron Diaz. Wow. Um, it's a great cast. I really love that movie. But um, obviously, so she falls in love with her best friend, but they don't end up together. Oh, really? It's really sad. Aww. Yeah, he marries Cameron Diaz, and he goes with it, uh, goes along with it. Who does she end up with, then? No one. <gasps> What a story. Yeah, Rupert Everett is her gay best friend, and he's there to support her, and you know. A twist? Yeah. I like that. I cried. I was like, this is gonna be me. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, no. No man. I remember watching this, like, oh my god, this is gonna be my life. Which I'm one? gonna be Julia Roberts. <laughs> I mean, there are worse ways to be. And I've watched this movie at different points in my life. Really? And I mean, I was like, this is gonna be me. Yeah. I mean, Julia you, Roberts. If you're gonna go out with my the best bang, friend's wedding, might as well be Julia Roberts. Yeah. She's incredible. But I really like that movie. I want to check it. it out. Yeah. It still counts as a rom-com, even if the love is just, like, one way. <laughs> I mean, if if the romantic tension is, like, the yeah. main plot, then yeah. Would totally vibe. Mm-hmm. So what's your number one? Okay. My number one. You know, I talked about Emma. Mm-hmm. So now I gotta talk about a take on Emma. Mm-hmm. The ultimate take on Emma by Jane Austen. I'm talking... Clueless. Mm-hmm. Which was also an iffy choice. <laughs> it was an iffy. Because uh, some may say that Clueless is not about the romance, mm-hmm. which is fine. But because I needed to put this on the list, it's a rom-com. Okay, sure. And for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Clueless is one of the most influential movies of my life. Alicia Silverstone, Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. Brittany Snow in her prime. It... I mean, so many of the sayings and colloquialisms we have today came from that movie. And first, it was directed by a woman, mm-hmm. written by a woman, starring a woman. And it, like, a lot of films from the 80s, 70s have this weird gaze on females. I don't want to use the word male gaze. That can be saved for another podcast. But, you know, they portray women in certain ways. So to see this character, Cher, have kind of become this woman that she is by the end of the movie through this journey is so fun to watch, and she's so interesting. She's not what she appears to be at face value. Same with almost all the characters. Paul Rudd is delicious. Mm -hmm. I love Paul Rudd. I love the relationship between them. It's one of my favorite romances because they're... I mean, the romance between Emma and Mr. Knightley is this bickering, very familiar, but they never saw any possibility of romance. And then finally realizing that they're meant to be is just this really spectacular, beautiful thing. And I think they do that really well in Clueless. Jumpstarted a a lot of, you know, careers and love, so. Clueless is one of the all-time greats. I've only watched it once. (gasps) You gotta watch it again. That was also my bedtime reminder. Oh my god. (laughs) It's 9.30. Did you hear that? Oh shit, okay. No, you can't. Okay, what's your number one? No, I should be Clueless. I've only watched it once. But I've also only watched Mean Girls once. And I've only watched the Legally Blonde movies once. This is absurd to me that you've seen My Best Friend's Wedding so many times and not seen Mean Girls or Clueless multiple times. It was just like, that wasn't my type when I was younger. Okay. 
and then I got too old, and I was like, mm. Mm. okay. So it had like to be forced on me by people. But I did like Clueless when I watched it, and I did like Legally Blonde. I think you're. I think you'll love Clueless. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Nice. Yeah. What's your number one, Donovan? The Holiday. Signs of Delivery. Classic. Classic. I like it. it. Makes me feel good. I should rewatch it, and I usually like watch it once a year. I don't remember where I watched it for the first time, but I was young. I've seen all those movies young. Like I don't remember. Like I think the most recent movie I've seen on here is Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of I think with a lot of rom coms, there's a it's like, like I older said, nostalgia it's a aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have my special mentions. Oh yes. Um. What if? About time. Seventeen again. No strings attached. When we first met. Set it up. Kissing booth. To all the boys I've loved before. Bridget Jones. Bennett like Beckham, and if um, Bride and Prejudice would count, I would put Bride and Prejudice for sure. I'm really glad you didn't put Kissing Booth on your list. I thought we'd have to end this podcast. I didn't because there was others that were like much much better. Totally yeah. fair. Um, special mentions for me. I have had another Audrey Hepburn, Roman mm-hmm. Holiday, Love Simon. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Someone great. Mm-hmm. Set it up. Did you say that? Yeah, I said that. Um, you've got mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then The Big Sick. Well, which is on my list. Nice. And we both like Bride and Prejudice. Yeah, but... If we, you haven't seen Bride and Prejudice... Watch... No. Bride. Bride. be. Yeah. But... Uh, the Americanized... So the Americanized Bollywood version, I would say. It's one of the best films of all time. Mm-hmm. Dare I say? It's so good. But we didn't allow musicals on this list, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's so good. I might rewatch this, actually. Me too. I think it's on Netflix. Oh my god, if it's on Netflix, game... Over. Let me look it up real quick before we read this up because this has been this way been over. I thought this was gonna be like super short actually. I as soon as I figured we'd have different lists, I knew this was gonna be a longer one. True. Oh no, you have to buy it. Fuck. Which I think I have it already. So just let me know. Well, on that note. All right. Well, we hope you liked our little rom com wrap up. If you think we forgot any good rom coms. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, the word of the pod is going to be uh, prejudice. <laughs> prejudice. Prejudice. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. All right. Well, on that note, have a lovely weekend. Please catch up on all the WandaVision. Yes. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Let us know if there's anything we missed on our list. And if you want us to talk about anything. Yeah. We're always open to suggestions. We may not watch everything you suggest, but we'll probably talk about it. For sure we will. All right. Hell yeah. Ciao. Good night. Or good morning. Mwah. Bye.